This week, we're talking about Oldham County and some of the new development plans going on there. Also, we'll chat about Governor Bashir's announcement resurrecting the online health insurance exchange, Connect. Hop in the car and take a drive like we did in the olden days, or find a comfy space to hide from your kids. Either way, stick around. It's going to be a good one. I'm just kidding. We still drive places. Thanks for joining us. My name is Brooke Timmons and joining me today is Marty Finley. How's it going? And Chris Larson. Hey, hey. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week we bring you the latest news and the sharpest opinions on the city we love, Louisville, Kentucky. But before we do that, I'm going to start this show the way David usually does, with a difficult question that's not that difficult. Guys, this week, Sarah wrote a story about a company who's ditching their office space and a day from the standard work week. That's right. Madden Elevator Company decided that their staff was working so well from home that they'd make this a permanent move. They also decided to go to four 10-hour days in their work week. My question for you all is, what do you think about the four-day work week model? Would you want to give it a try? Um, Let's start with you, Chris. Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. I love the idea of the 410 model um, because there's just so much that I feel like, you know, you could conceivably accomplish if you started planning your days in more of like a 10 hour block, you know, then just, you know, just kind of like an eight hour and then try to get out of there as soon as as soon as you can block for the day. Plus, it gives Mm -hmm. you like built in like evening time to fit in those extra meetings or do that little extra work that you didn't quite accomplish in the morning that you know for sure that you're obligated to do instead of like uh, thinking, you know, oh man, I've got to go back and get that thing done that I didn't get done during the first eight hours of my day. And then having That's three- That's a really great point. Having three days to decompress after a crazy, crazy week is great. And even if it's not a crazy week during your 410, just having an extra day to do what you want just makes, you know, planning for whatever you got going on that much better and easier in my opinion. I agree. You know, I think that since moving to kind of this like digital landscape, you know, we have so many, I I feel like I have a lot more calls on my, on my uh, plate. And, um, I think like that extra two hours a day would definitely be, um, you know, beneficial to get some stuff done in the, you know, maybe in the, the early, maybe stop for dinner and, you know, then in the early evening, get something done. So, um, yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you on that point. Marty, what do you think? I'm going to be the contrarian here and say I'm not a fan of it. Um, not for our industry anyway, with the unpredictability of news. I don't think you well, can arbitrarily, true. I don't think you can cut off, you know, that fifth day every week and say, you you know, we absolutely cannot work that day. Um, now, obviously, just in theory, I think it sounds good having three days off. Uh, I work usually 10 hour days anyway, so I don't, the 10 hour <laughs> right. thing doesn't, the, the 10 hour thing doesn't bother business. me. Yeah. Um, but I, I just don't know how it would work. I think with other businesses, you know, that are not on a, a daily kind of cycle like we are with the new cycle, it probably would work really well. And it would work for us sometimes. But, you know, right. especially with, with how the world is right now, I just don't see how, you know, us in the news business could really, you know, cut that fifth day out every week. Maybe sometimes, but 
Exactly. Not, you know, not all and the not time. like it just not one work. for everybody. Like we might have to have like we would have to have like rolling days. Like yeah, your your day is Monday and someone else's day is yeah, Thursday. Possibly. And um, there's probably ways to work around it so everyone right. doesn't have to do the, the five days. But you'd have to right. have somebody, you know, some kind of floater. I think on that fifth day. So, exactly. Um, yeah. So you you said that you you um, you think it would work for some other business. Do you think this is a trend that we're going to start seeing? Yeah, you're going to see a lot more. I mean, I've been talking to a lot of people in the personal estate world, and they they feel like more people are going to just you know get rid of their offices. And then, but if you don't get rid of the office, there's actually people thinking that they'll have to get bigger offices because of social distancing. So um, it's going to be interesting which which way people go. Whether they go for more office space so they can spread everybody out, or if they're like, hey, this digital thing is working. Let's just uh, let's just get rid of the office. So, yeah. And I think we'll probably see a little bit of both. Um, you know, it's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Um, so speaking of space, let's shift gears to our next topic. Um, let's talk about Oldham County and the 500 acre development and that we wrote about in last week's cover story um, that kind of uh, that was announced in 2018, um, as well as some other developments that have been in the works or recently completed. Um, so, Marty, this was your cover story. Can you tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about the project on the Clore family farm? Yeah, so this is a, a nearly 500 acre farm uh, on the, off the right off the Crestwood exit. So, if you're ever out there on uh, you know 71, you can see the um, you can see the farm, you know, from the interstate. It's three, basically three, three portions of that exit is the farm. Um, it's been there since uh, the early 1800s in this within this family, uh, and just the last few years ago, they kind of uh, banded together and said we need to create a have a master plan for what we want this to be in the future for our kids and future generations. And uh, you know, they want to keep it in the family, but they they feel like you know. Um, this is kind of a legacy project for their family and they want to see you get more than just farmland. Um, so yeah, they, they hired a, a, a global design firm there in 2018. They're still working on the design, uh, really taking their time on it. Um, one thing that they've told me is they're being uh, very meticulous in how they put this together. You know, they've banned certain uses like, you know, you're not going to see any big box stores. Uh, oh, okay. That's interesting. Okay. You know, it's going to be more specialty if they do retail, it'd be small specialty. Type of retail, you know, they won't have restaurants there. They won't have apartments and single-family homes. Uh, so it'd really be a kind of a neighborhood, and essentially, as the way they've kind of initially sketched it out with a mix of residential and commercial. So and also been... some, go ahead. And some community, some community aspects too, like you know, uh, parks or uh, walking trails, swimming pools, stuff like that. So you'd have that kind of mix of commercial, residential, and civic slash community uses. So this kind of sounds like Norton Commons, um, and there have been some comparisons to that. Um, yeah. Did they have any, um, you know, did they have anything to say about that? You know, they they recognize that it's 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 going to be somewhat similar in model, but you know, they said it's not it's not going to be the exact same thing. They're not trying to be, you know, Norton Commons too. So there there will be some differences, uh, but it you know it there are definitely some similarities. Um, you know, I think Norton Commons is a little bit bigger in terms of size. Uh, and it's obviously uh, pretty far into development at this point, but, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot they can do there. And, you know, because of what Norton Commons has done, I mean, uh, with that mix of residential and commercial, it's going to be hard to kind of avoid those comparisons, I think, as they build it out. 
right? And they're fairly close to each other too, you know, Norton Commons being on that um, Oldham County line right there. So Um, what are some of the next steps for this development? Do they have a timetable for completion? So, yeah, so this is going to be a long-term project. When I say long-term, I'm talking 20 to 25 years. I mean, it's not going to be done. That's that's a a big piece of time. Yeah, that's not going to be done four or five years from now. Even, I mean, even Oldham, I mean, Norton Commons is still, Got a pretty long way to go, um, and they're pretty. Yeah, far there's there are several point. phases out in North. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, these are projects that that really have to they come to sort of gradually. It's a it's an evolution type thing. It's not a not a quick hit with property this large. Um, and like I said, they want to be very um, choosy in what they do. They don't they want it to be very clean and you know uh, complementary to the area. Uh, so they're you know trying to avoid any of those kinds of. Uh, you know, more stigmatized businesses, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And they're also still just kind of working through exactly what they want to do. One thing they have said is they'd like to have a grocery store there, not a big one, you know, mm-hmm. not like a Kroger, but maybe something like a 50,000 square feet or less. That's more in the range of like Aldi, you know, that Aldi kind of, or Trader Joe's. A bit smaller. Yeah. yeah. Some more specialty kind of grocery store. And But they're still trying to, they want to kind of figure that out too, you know, and really have a, a good idea in mind of what they want before they go to a grocery tenant and kind of pitch it. So um, Mm -hmm. that's one thing they've been talking about. Even talked about maybe a distillery or some kind of, you know, thing like that. I mean, like a craft distillery out there. So they definitely put a lot of time and work into it. They've done some these design charrettes where they kind of bounce ideas off of architects and other people in the planning, planning world. And, uh, but they said it probably two years maybe before they break ground on anything. So it's still very much a long-term plan. Um, they're working on a uh, kind of a design uniform design code right now, uh, doing more of that kind of technical stuff. They got to do some road studies uh, as well. So a lot of the technical work's being done now, but you know, hopefully in the next you know year or so, we might have a better idea of where it's going and right. you know what kind of tenants will be moving in there. So and we did have a we did include in the print edition and our online story um, kind of a preliminary site plan that they gave mm-hmm. us. So if yeah. you're you know, if you're listening to this and you're like wanting to kind of understand the scope of the project, you know, we, we had a map and um, kind of a site plan um, for where this is. Uh, so you can go online and check that out. So, yeah, we um, I asked them when, you know, we we kind of checked in on the status of it for this article. And I asked them if anything had really changed. They said, you know, it's still pretty much, you know, those initial plans are still pretty, pretty current. They're just trying to kind of really hammer things down and really get deeper into it to figure out exactly what that'll look like. That was more mm-hmm. of a kind of a 10,000 uh, foot view. So they're trying to get a little farther in and, and work out some of those technical details now. Right. Yeah. What are some of the other recent projects that have happened in Oldham County? Yeah. So I guess a big one uh, that was actually going to have a pretty big blowout uh, opening was Hermitage Farm in Goshen. Um, they're, they've got a, uh, a series of tours that they're doing. Uh, it's kind of a tourism experience built around uh, bourbon and horses and um, and food. So they've got a new restaurant there that they kind of uh, redeveloped a barn, a horse barn, into a uh, into a restaurant uh, and uh, called uh, Barn Eight. So mm-hmm. uh, I believe they're open now and doing some service, but obviously the coronavirus has kind of impacted how restaurants can roll out uh, their options. So uh, that's one of the newest ones. Um, Something that's only been around a few years is third terms Oldham Gardens. Uh, we talked to them about kind of what drew, drew them to Oldham County. Uh, they've turned a really cool kind of old greenhouse space into a, uh, a kind of beer garden uh, tap house vibe. 
that's really popular in the in the neighborhood and um they don't just right. this was their there. second this was their second yeah. venture because they have one in jaytown yeah. as well yeah yeah, yeah. and they 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 put a lot of money into uh, you know, kind of building that up over the years. They don't distribute beer so they can use that money that they wouldn't spend on distribution or would spend on distribution kind of back into the community, either into community causes or uh, back into the facility itself. So I think they said they've doubled the size of the beer garden since they opened in 2016. Um, sounds like they might have some other plans in, in the works in the future. So that's another thing that's open that has uh, got a lot of momentum and it's got a pretty already a pretty passionate fan base. Uh, mm-hmm. There's also some work done being done on the kind of the civic public sector side. Uh, Crestwood's bought up some acreage downtown, the city of Crestwood. They built Maples Park. Uh, it's about 22 acre park. And they played a splash pad and a, a pretty nice event venue. Talking about adding an amphitheater. And then they purchased some land, about another seven acres nearby, that they hope to turn into like a kind of a mixed use restaurant retail development. So. Uh, they're trying to really build kind of a downtown atmosphere in Crestwood because LaGrange has that, but Crestwood really doesn't. So mm-hmm. they want to kind of create a little bit of a downtown destination there in Crestwood. So there's some there's some big projects going on, but there's also some smaller uh, things just to add to the, you know, the culture and the amenity type uh, that they're right. offering to people. And there's a there was a drive-in added too recently too, right? Yeah, Sarbeck. Um, they um, yeah they they're they're actually have reopened. Um, I know that they they opened a few years ago. Initially, and uh, then they had some moving, kind of unfortunate luck a, with their screen. Yeah, right? they had a they had a screen collapse. Uh, they they were able to overcome that and had been operating for quite a while now. But then they, like everyone else, had to shut down during the coronavirus. But I believe they're back up and, and operating again. So and that's uh, like kind of the perfect family activity during this kind of yeah, exactly. And I think they're really time. promoting that. Um, you know, because you people are still leery about going to an an in-person indoors theater. A lot of the theaters aren't open yet because there's not a lot of movies out right now because a lot of them got delayed. Um, right. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's an, it's one of those kind of entertainment options that you have until, you know, some of the movies start coming in then late summer. Yeah. So I have a question for the panel since both of you guys are both kind of new to this area in recent, um, recent years, um, Chris, all the way from Utah and Marty from, um, Eastern Kentucky and Oldham County, or not Oldham County, uh, E-Town. Um, have you, either of you been to Oldham County? <laughs> I have. I've been several times. Okay. Um, have you been to any of the areas that we've been chatting about? Um, you know, the drive-in or Crestwood or LaGrange or anything like that? Have you guys been to any of these places? I've been to Crestwood a, just a little bit. Um, I drove through the, you guys are going to have to not make fun of me as the non-native. Is it Haywee Valley? Kiwi Valley. Like Kiwi Valley, yeah. Football Valley. Um, yeah. So I've been around that area just a little bit, uh, but not at all recently. And and I have not checked out these developments that we're talking about. But every time I drive to see family members that live up in Cincinnati, of course, you got to make that drive on the interstate through the area. And yeah. every time I do, I'm always struck by how, yeah. you know, kind of, you know, K- Kentucky, Kentucky picturesque it is up there. And you get out with some of the grass and hills and you really kind of get that, that, Mm -hmm. that, uh, kind of microcosm of what people think about or what I'm sure people in Kentucky would like to think about when it comes to the scenery of, you know, kind of undeveloped and raw Kentucky, uh, at least as far as like kind of the central Western part of the state goes. Yeah, it's very true. So I, I grew up in the, um, East end of Louisville, um, kind of the Springhurst area. 
And so, you know, that's right, very close to the Ulm County line. So we were always, you know, popping over to Crestwood and the Grange and all of that, you know, so that area is very familiar for me. Um, but I have to say one of my favorite places in the city is the, um, Oldham County gardens, the third turn brewery area mm-hmm. out there in Crestwood. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been out there or seen kind of the greenhouse, um, beer garden that they've created, it's absolutely picturesque. It's, it's such a great place to kind of go and hang out with friends and family. Um, oftentimes my friends and I will, uh, take games out there and just like, you mm-hmm. know, they have these big, long kind of like family style tables and just kind of, you know, pull up, sit around and, and play games for hours. Um, so it's, it's a really awesome place if everybody, yeah, you know, they, if you haven't been out there. It's delightfully wholesome. They, third turn is, third turn <laughs> is made a point of not having TVs because they want to have that sort of family interaction with games yeah. and, and stuff that's not related to technology. So that's kind of an interesting throwback. And I've honestly seen, I've seen all yeah. ages there, you know, I've seen like young families with little kids. I've seen older people. I've seen people in their like twenties and thirties there. So it's honestly a place for all ages that I've seen out there, even though, you know, it is, you know, they do serve alcohol, but um, that's, that's their, their gig. (laughs) But um, yeah, I've seen people. I would recommend Hermitage Farm too. I've been out there for a few times for interviews and uh, just tours and updates on that project. And it's a gorgeous farm. Um, Is kind of piggybacking off what Larson said about uh, the um, picturesque. It's very picturesque. It is kind of like, you know, really? um, preeminent horse farm kind of feel. So um, definitely worth, I've not mm-hmm. been out to Barn 8 since it opened, but definitely I would recommend going out and, and touring that farm because it's, it's very beautiful, very peaceful out there. Uh, much, It's a little bit of a drive to Goshen from Louisville, but uh, it's worth it. It's a, it's a kind of a, a peaceful drive too. Right. But it gives you that country feel yeah. like you're in this whole other area and it's just right outside of, you know, Jefferson yeah, County. It City sort of limits. reminds so me like, of some of the horse farms in Lexington or Versailles, uh, that kind of that kind of area a little bit. So if you've ever been to any of those mm-hmm. those parts of uh, Kentucky, that it's it's very reminiscent. Yeah, of that. It definitely actually reminds you how small like Louisville yeah. actually is. You know, we, you know, especially mm-hmm. Louisville Business First, you know, our just like our name says, we're all about Louisville Business First. And we get a little, you know, kind of maybe too hyper tuned into what's going on within just, you know, the confines of, you know, of, you know, the county. And you don't need to look very far and realize that there is almost a hard line where that city and that major development ends. And then you've got just openness, mm-hmm. opportunity, you know, and if you're in business, it's opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're take- if you're more of a c- cynic also to take my time to play the contrarian also something that maybe you would want to maybe try to preserve a little bit because you know the raw kind of untapped you know kind of nature of those areas goes away really really quickly once you start putting down blacktop and building yep. and building buildings now yep. of course i'm sure that's something that's going to be considered in the core family project yeah, and all these other projects true. but yeah even just touching it you know it's going to fundamentally change what that what that area look looks like and what its vibes like um well on that on that note, there's actually the owners of Hermitage. They they put a conservation easement in place, so basically it would preserve that land, so it couldn't be developed, mm-hmm. or at least a portion of it. So that's one thing they've taken steps to protect that you know picturesque property they own into the future. I guess when they're not the owners anymore. So 
Yeah, that's 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 good to know, especially, you know, when you when we are talking about how picturesque it is out there, you know, that they, someone is making an effort to kind of make sure it stays like that. Um, so shifting gears to a totally another topic, um, let's talk about some big news that Governor Bashir announced in one of his uh, press conferences this week. Um, this week, he announced that his administration will resurrect Connect the state-based online health insurance exchange that his predecessor, Matt Bevin, shut down in 2017. So, um, Chris, this is this is your um, bailiwick as our healthcare reporter. Um, can you give us some info, information? Um, when will the exchange go live? Did they offer any other details in the announcement? Yes, they did. And first, a compliment on the excellent use of the word bailiwick. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so the plan is to have this exchange go live January 1st, uh, 2022. Now that's that's quite a ways out, especially for a project that, at least according to the Bashir administration, doesn't need to be redone, just needs to be refreshed mm-hmm. and restarted. Now the reason that it's going to take so long to do that is because we're working with the federal government. So you need to give the appropriate agencies notice about your intent go through their planning process, present your plan, and go through just the whole bureaucratic rigmarole to get things set up. And the mm-hmm. the details are a little light right now, other than just, you know, they're going to base the new Connect on largely on the old Connect, but refresh it so it's a modern system. Um, refreshing systems to the modern era is kind of a pain point for the Bashir administration right now. If anybody's following the news, mm-hmm. they've probably seen stories and headlines about how just tough it is right now for anybody that's having to work with the unemployment office to try to get those benefits that yeah. that this you know that citizens of the state deserve because the system is just so old. But apart from that, as yeah. far as like the details will and go, overwhelmed, oh yeah, and overwhelmed, yeah. absolutely. But as far as far as like other details go, uh, those are a little light, and those will have to come out once we get a little bit closer to. Um, that right. date of actually having it go live. But there were some cost estimates in reviving and maintaining this project. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Yes. So the big cost, at least as presented by the Bashir administration at this point, is going to be startup costs. And because they're not building something completely new, um, it will cost about what they say is about $5 million to get it up and running. That's going to be a one-time cost. Mm-hmm. And then they estimate a, a continuing maintenance cost of one to two million dollars every year now this is uh the reason that this is that they're able to build on something is that andy Bashir's father steve Bashir, who is uh, the governor uh before governor matt bevan actually established this back in 2013 so during the matt bevan administration the state shut down connect and pulled back on all of its approvals to actually run that program so we have to get it restarted. Okay. So what are some of the motivating factors to bringing back the exchange? So the the first one is that Andy Bashir actually ran on this promise of making sure that all Kentuckians have health insurance coverage to at least give them the opportunity to get access to health care to try to improve the health health of the state. Um, speaking, you know, ideologically, he said repeatedly that he maintains that healthcare is a human right. Now, mm-hmm. in much more recent uh in much more recent events, the state has been absolutely been rocked by uh protests over inequality in our system 
especially when it comes to black people. Now, in response right. to that, Andy Bashir said that he would start this political promise as a policy initiative by starting with trying to ensure 100% of the state's uh, black residents. Right. Um, Which we actually at, talked about on our last podcast. Um, David Mann, you know, was talking about how Bashir had announced this and he was hoping to see something to back it up. So it looks like he is starting to back up what he, he you know, he promised, you know, in his last week's uh, pressers. Absolutely. Uh, and we did a little, a little bit more reporting on this after the announcement. And it, this kind of looked like. Uh, Andy Bashir made this announcement, but had not yet looped in kind of the state advocacy groups that he may have to work with to, you know, develop the policy, but then actually to like roll it out to the community at large. Um, mm-hmm. But some of my reporting has suggested that those communications with with policy advocates and with people who actually work in communities are starting to happen. So we'll have to see what this looks like because what made Connect successful was, yes, it was online and people could access it. It was convenient to some degree, but it also had a degree of other programming, not in technical terms, but more in like planning and initiatives. Like there were people who helped people uh, get connected with what uh, the previous Bashir administration was trying to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and you know, if you're listening, I I would say, you know, keep a watch for more stories on this. I'm sure there will be plenty more reporting as this story, you know, unfolds. Um, so be watching for what Chris has has to offer um, on this, these stories. Um, I think that's all we have for this week. Um, but before we sign off, let's go around our virtual room here and share where our audience can find us on social media. Um, let, we'll start with you, Chris. Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, what's where I'm most active, just Chris Larson. Um, you can also find me at my at Twitter with the handle at BFLuChris. And Marty? Uh, yeah, you can also find me on Twitter at BFLuMarty, and I'm also on LinkedIn under my name. Uh, so if you have any tips, uh, feel free to hit me up on either one of those. And you can find me on Twitter at, at BFLubrook. Um, I'm, I'm there. You can find me. I don't do a ton of tweeting. Um, and then you can find me on my preferred social media platform, uh, Instagram at, at BTimmons26. So if you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to Access Louisville um, on popular podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Thank you, Marty and Chris. And thank you guys for listening at home. Until next time, bye.